Hey everyone, before we get to the episode, I'd like to share a little word with you from our sponsors, Odds Crowd. Are you the best football better in the United States? At Odds Crowds, our friends are challenging you to prove it this fantasy season with their epic free-to-play fantasy betting contests. One of my favorite things to do is be betting and not actually have to lose any actual cash. There's over $30,000 in cash prizes up for grabs, both season-long and weekly contests on NFL and college football. Here's how it works. Once you enter a contest, you place risk-free fantasy bets against real odds and lines, much like you would with any pick tracking app. The most profitable players are rising up the leaderboard. If you have the highest profit at the end of the contest, you win. And Odds Crowd isn't just fantasy betting contests. It's a social app for sports bettors. Free to download, you can live group chat with other bettors, track your bets, and set up private fantasy contests with your buddies and much more. So download the app for free or go to oddscrowd.com. Welcome in to yet another fantastic, wonderful, magical show of Rookie on the Rise. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode number 74. Welcome, my friends, my aliens, my dogs, my sharks, my kitty cats, my dudes, my dudettes, all family, all friends, maybe even a couple of day ones now. I don't know. If you are, you haven't let it be known. So I just think y'all are a bunch of wanderers. Anyways. Welcome to the show. I'm excited to keep breaking down more wide receivers. I'm excited to dig into this a little deeper. We're almost rounding out the wide receiver class, folks. It's getting fun. This is a good one. I'm happy to have with us today, Mr. Michael. You can find him on Twitter at your FF trade. He doesn't write for anybody, but he doesn't need to because he's too cool for school. Fun fact about Michael is he enjoys getting tattoos, but he hates needles. Michael, how does that work? Hey, buddy. So it, it, it is really weird. Uh, it's uh, ever since I was little, I can't even watch people get like bowed needles on TV. Oh, boy. Can't do it. Bothers me. I like freak out. But getting tattoos, I can sit there for hours. I love it. I, I could do it all day. I mean, there's something about uh, are you able to watch them tattoo you or do you, can you not? Look? Yeah. Okay. I can watch them tattoo me all of the, I, I'm all about it. No problem. But just be, seeing needle bothers me. To be fair, like when they're tattooing you, you don't see the whole needle disappear. You know what right. I'm saying? Like it's moving so quickly. You're just like, oh, it's cool. Like it hurts for whatever reason. But like we're chilling. It's clearly, it's clearly just not in me right now. It's just kind of around. It's whatever, you know. The, yeah. the worst part is when they do like the, the three or four needles. Mm-hmm. That's probably the only time I'm a little like, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> the real so, do you ones. have any yeah. Do you have yeah. tattoos? Yeah, I got a I got a half sleeve on my left arm, and I'm gonna start building my right arm soon here. Very. I cool. got a I got a guy down in Renton that gives me the homie hookup. So, uh, those are the best. Truly, I I don't know. It's it's like hair barbers, you know. Like you don't get a you don't get it. You don't change barbers, and you don't chase tattoo artists 
because like you come in with a new haircut or a new tattoo and they're like, I'm gonna fuck this up on purpose now. So you, ne- so you never come back to me, you asshole. But not, but not even that, it all flows. That's the whole point, yeah. it flows yeah. together. You exactly, know? absolutely, yeah, 100%. Okay, before I get on more tangents and more fun things, let's dive into our question <laughs> of the show, okay? What right. weird habit have you taken from your parents and created as your own? Uh, man, um, if I had to pick a weird habit, it's, it's probably that I'm really yelly. I scream a lot, you know, even just like in normal conversations, I'll be like, hey, buddies, you know, just weird, random crap and just normal talking. It's, it's a little off-putting. Uh, we'll get along just fine. Wonderful. Let's go. Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're going to talk about, we're, we are going to be covering some wide receivers. I'm happy that you picked the wide receivers you picked because they're fun and electric and honestly just super dope to be completely frank. We're going to start off. We're going to get in deep to it. We're going to focus. I'm going to do our, do our best to make sure we're focusing on the things they can do well while only moderately managing the things they can't do well, because we have way too long to focus on what they cannot do and right. not enough folks focus on what they can. So right now we're going to talk about Mr. Trey Lon Burks. 6'3", 225, he's project, currently projected as a first-round draft capital around overall pick of 23 based on the NFL mock draft database. Traylon Burke's career numbers, he has 2,386 total yards. He has 211 total target, or targets, 144 total receptions. He has 18 total receiving touchdowns. Traylon Burks is going to be entering the NFL at the ripe young age at 20. He is a third year out, third year, three years out of college, and he is an early declare. What pops out to you first and foremost with Trey Lumbers, Michael? Well, the big thing for me was finding the open spot in the defense. When I could see a wide receiver at that young of an age being able to find a spot sitting in it and giving his QB a shot to make a play, that stands out. You know, that's a big thing for me. Because if you're getting to the NFL level, you have to know what the defense is doing and make, give yourself opportunities to succeed. By doing that, by seeing where the open spots are and learning how to sit down already, to me, I think feel like he's already ahead of the game with that trait. Absolutely. It's, uh, it, it's important to kind of understand. And that also helps the transitions between from college into the NFL in terms of being able to understand what they're going up against, right? That's what makes Cooper Cup so elusive and so wonderful is that he knows what is going to be open and why it's going to be open. The more master or more the master you are, the sooner the, or the more, the better student of game you are, the better you're able to master the game. That's the wording. That's how yeah. it goes. It was so, perfect. Traylon Burks is kind of been keyed as this AJ Brown prototype, this Debo Samuel type guy. He comes to the combine. He does pretty well on his 40. He goes a 4.55, which is a 106 percentile speed score, or not 106 percentile, uh, a speed score of 106. And then he sort of bombs on the agility drills and the burst drills. What do you think his best translatable skill is coming from college into the NFL? And do you think that him kind of underperforming on those drills is going to potentially, or make, makes him kind of reevaluate how you're looking at him moving forward? It doesn't at all. I mean, he watching him being able to pull away when he needs to was very impressive. Now, you know, he's he's not running the four three like you said earlier, but he could pull away. I have a, a I have the Daniel Thomas test 
when I watched Daniel Thomas back in the day, old school running back, when you watched his film, he got away from no one. He never made the big run away. The one time I saw him do it, I was like, wow, he actually broke away. Come to find out the guy got a, pulled something in his leg. But when it comes to Burks, he breaks away, he finds the open spot and takes off. Um, so I feel like his speed is a big thing. And I love, love, love that it, as a wide receiver watching him box out a defender, get in the inside of him, get his hands up and find a way to keep him away from that ball. Underthrown, whatever he needs to do, he gets there. Now, I'm, I'm just looking at uh, – so I'm using – I'm able to use the uh, Debbie dashboard of Brandon Lejeune's services. You guys have heard this plenty of times, right? It's really – it's fucking awesome. It's basically just a giant metric database that was created for us nerds and everyone else. And it says that, you know, he's spent 80, 86% of, of slot slaps – 86% of slot snaps in 2019, 87% in 2020, 71% in 2021 – he had a 25% snaps out wide in 2021. Do you feel like him predominantly running out of the slot in the SEC helped kind of boost his numbers at all? Because it's kind of like, you know, the slot corner in the S or the slot corners on defense aren't exactly the corners that are most premier. So was Arkansas hiding his inability to dominate against the outside cornerbacks or were they just at, or were they, were they just, incentivizing his abilities in the slot like is there is there an apex kind of being met there i i think he's so good he could play inside and outside but if he like when his transition to the nfl comes if he primarily becomes a slot i don't think he's going to be as successful i think he needs to be making yes some of the quick quick routes that kind of stuff and you know move him around try him different places but do i think they were hiding some of his stuff i i don't I think he's good enough that he could he would have overcame that, especially in the SEC. I mean, that's a tough place, and I know the corners aren't as great and defense isn't as great in terms of, like, uh, NFL. Mm-hmm. So I think he'll be fine. I don't think there was any anything like that, but I want to see him more on the outside making more of those types of routes and going against those types of um, corners. I get that. I respect that. What do you yeah. do? You feel like he brings anything? Because I mean, we're talking about like the top tier guys here, right? So they all kind of bring right. something to the table that not a lot of other wide receivers bring. So what is that trait or attribute like Traylon Brooks is bringing to the table that makes him special? I feel like he's just a complete receiver. He can run the routes. He can outrun you. He can he can jump for the ball, but I'm not looking for him to do that. You know, right? right. Uh, and I I feel like his route running is really well. Hands are good enough. And it, like I said, for me, a lot of the statistical stuff and all that is how he can or it, just how he can see the field and see where he needs to go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's going to take time for him to develop like a Cooper Cup because you got to develop with the quarterback. You have to the quarterback has to know when you're going to sit when you're not. So I feel like I think the first half of a season, if he gets with a uh, team that he fits with and a quarterback that can understand what he's doing and, you know, Burke's seems a little advanced. I feel like he can adjust as well. I think he could be coming out as a very well-rounded player, you know, pretty early in in his rookie season. Absolutely. I think for me personally, I feel that my biggest, I mean, there's, I, prior to the combine, my only concern with Burks is that he doesn't block on running plays. And I think 
wide receivers that block and don't block on money plays, a little insight into just how team oriented they are. Uh, and so, I mean, that was, I mean, to be honest, that's not something that's going to actually dictate any major changes or valuations. It's just one of those things I noticed uh, when we were just kind of rolling through the tape and watching him utterly dominate. Right. But, and then, you know, he, he comes out and he's being billed as this size and is this size and athletic freak. And, you know, he comes out and weighs really well and runs a four or five, five, which is more than well, good enough. It make, gives him a 72nd percentile speed score. And then he goes and he does a 33 inch vert, which is awful. And 122 inch broad jump, which is awful. And runs a seven, two, eight, three cone, which is awful. And you're like, Oh fucking hell. Can we not please do this? Traylon? I'm having Terrace Marshall, Jr. The keel, Harry fucking flashbacks to these big guys that are good in on offense and then just can't fucking separate in the NFL and don't have any lateral agility. So, and now ever since then, we're starting to see a lot of comps and conversations about how close is Traylon Burks to Nikhil Harry? Like, are they so close to where we actually need to be concerned about Traylon Burks and knock him down a little bit? Because yeah, he may have one of the best ceilings in the class, but now he also may have one of the lowest floors. So how do you kind of walk that tightrope of where his perceived ceiling and floor may or may not be. I mean, just watching his film, you have to trust what you can see. Uh, we all know watching players come from college to NFL, there's always that little bit of mystery in between. But when you see a prospect that you feel like has these abilities, has these things, and, and the blocking thing, I completely agree. Um, I, I, but I think it actually plays a big part. If I don't see a wide receiver going out there and blocking, why am I going to send him out there? I'm not going to leave my quarterback, my high-paying quarterback, to get stuck or my high-paid running back. They shouldn't be high-paid, but they are. <laughs> so, you know, that's an important thing if I'm a head coach. So I think it does play a major part in that. And um, so I think you have to kind of trust the process. And, you know, if he went to, God forbid, like a Steelers, where there's a bunch of wide receivers, but there's a strong head coach there, he's going to go out there and block or he's not playing. Right. I, I think a big part of it, of course, is always that where they go, what coach they get. But I, I do think it's, it's something that you have to be mindful of on drafting. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, when I'm evaluating rookies and trying to rank them, I'm trying to look at, what is their likelihood of actualizing their ceiling? And for Traylon Burks, it he has now some flaws and some things that I'm concerned with. And so I dropped him down a little bit, right? I, I have him, I think, behind Jamison Williams, and he's kind of basically tied with Garrett Wilson. It's like Jamison Williams one and Wilson and Burks are two A and B, whichever is falls is the one that I'm gonna end up with in that man. given yeah, you know, given scenario. And you know, like when we're talking about uh Traylon Burks metrics. His relative athletic score had a 6.32, which isn't very good. He ranked 943 out of 2,557 wide receivers. But when it comes to athleticism in wide receivers, it doesn't matter nearly as much as it does with tight ends or running backs, especially when you get guys as tall and as big as Burks because they can win in other ways. Now, Burks, what he did, what he did do really well that I really like is that his sophomore year, his second year move from college, he had a 34.4% dominator rating. And that is an elite breakout by all means. And players that have elite breakouts that are early declares like Traylon Burks, they're already marking those boxes that need to be marked that are going to be successful players and going to excel at the next level. Then you look a little deeper. 
you look at what his receiving market share, his target share over the last two years, you know, he had 14.4% target share his uh, freshman season, his junior season was 27.3% and his our junior season was 21%. He had a receiving yard share of 33% his 2020 season and a receiving yard share of 29.2% his junior season. So those were staying constant there. He broke the thousand yard threshold his 2021 season after getting 12 games in. You now his A dot cause, I guess there's a little, I mean, there's like a small little concern. His A dot average is 11.8. And that's only buoyed because he had an A dot of 16.7 in 2019. But if you just look at 2020, 2021 seasons, his A dot was basically 10. That's like if we're going to nitpick, which I mean, we get the luxury to do because he's so fucking good. The nitpicking is like, I'd like to see that maybe like three yards higher, you know, like just a little bit higher, a little further t- targets down the field. But then you look at his air yard share. He has 28.4% of the total team's air yards, which puts him in the 83rd percentile, which I mean, okay, that's fine with me. I don't really give a shit as long as he's going downfield. And then my personal favorite statistic is receiving yards per team pass attempt. So how efficient was he receive? How many yards did he receive per team attempt in his 2020 season, when he played nine games, he was at 2.86. And that's fucking incredible. And then when he played 12 full games, he finished at 2.1 yards per team pass attempt his junior season, which again is great. When you're looking at the climb and growth of receivers' pass or receivers' efficiency, you want to see it going up. You want to see it above like a one to one and a half their freshman season. You want to see it above a two their sophomore season and above, and like, or, yeah, above a two, their sophomore season and kind of closer to like two and a half to three, their junior season. And, you know, Burks had a 1.17 his freshman season, which is fine. He had that high mark in 2020 and he kind of dropped off theoretically from like a, a efficiency standpoint to 2.1, but he still meets those thresholds where we want him to be. Then when we look at his yards per route run, he was averaging 2.87 on his career, which is excellent by all means. He only had 58 targets his freshman season. So like, what are you going to do there? Right. I think all in all, it creates a really strong analytical profile when we're looking at what he's offering. He's probably if when he gets his first round draft capital, he's probably going to comp out really, really well. You just wanted him to take advantage of his or you wanted him to take advantage at the combine to set himself aside like Brees Hall, but he didn't. So we have to have these conversations about what are we going to be anticipating moving forward? So I don't believe uh, Traylon Burks has had his pro day yet. I'm going to double check real quickly, but assuming Traylon Burks goes to his pro day and let's say that he just, he does what he needs to do to like make people shut the fuck up about his athleticism and things like that. Like, what do you, like where, if he theoretically, I know you said you don't really care about what happens this pro day, but where would you be willing to draft him in like a super flex rookie draft with goes pick 23 and he goes and burns as a three cone and the, the, the 20 yard shuttle, like where, where are you kind of being for him? Of course, it always is team dependent, but you know, if you need a wide receiver, you're going to take him a little earlier, but I mean, I have him ranked third overall. It's, it's hard for me to not take him, you know, depending on what team he goes to, you know, say he went to weirdly a team like the giants just out of the air. I think I would still feel comfortable, you know, even with the, how they're built and everything. I really trust in what he can become 
And especially, I think if he has the mental capacity to already be doing these certain things, I think that's going to translate and that's a big part of it. And I, I really think that's what it's going to be. I mean, how about for you? Where, where do you feel comfortable with him? So I, I, I thought he already did it. Yeah. So he did his, his pro day. He benched 12 reps, which is, I guess, cool that he benched. I don't know why he would do that. It seems dumb to me, but he That's had a 35. Work. Yeah. He, he had a 35 and a half vertical jump, which is better than what he had beforehand. At least he's, at least it's there. Uh, I mean, I think right now where I have my rankings, I think I have him like fifth or sixth overall. Um, like I said, I mean, with, with Garrett Wilson and him, they're just, they're so closely jumped that they both are really talented. They both have a really strong production. So it's going to come down to which opportunity is going to help them manifest the quickest because that's what right. it's ultimately going to come down to. So, I mean, I, either way, you're going to get him top five in your rookie drafts and Superflex and probably top four, top three in your single quarterback leagues. So, I mean, he's, he's going to be a guy that will probably have a pretty decent amount of um, which also kind of leads into our next guy here, which is George Pickens. Now, George Pickens, he made he's made quite a name for himself off the field, probably in ways that he didn't really want to. People labeled him as selfish and immature because he got a foul because he squirted squirted a defensive player in the face with a water bottle, like in 2019 or some shit like that. I don't care. Like, <laughs> I don't find... they're young kids that are hyped up on adrenaline and testosterone. And like, I fully expect them to act like idiots. As long as they're not like committing felonies, I don't really give a shit because the NFL doesn't give a shit. And like, exactly. as long as he's not taking a tremendous amount of plays off, which people are saying and like Earth suggesting that he has in the past on the film and things like that. It's, it doesn't really matter to me overall. Now, looking at his overall career, he did tear his ACL in 2020, late in the season, which affected his 2021 season because he didn't come back until the very end. Or he tore it, I believe, the beginning in, in the spring ball in 2021, I want to say. Either way, it wasn't ideal by any means, but he is this just prototypical size, right? Seven or six, three, 195 pounds. Didn't run the he ran a 44740, which is just real nice. Gives him a speed score of uh 98, where excuse me, 104. Uh, and he has a 119 percentile burst score. I mean, Pickens, he did well at the combine when you're looking at his overall numbers. His best year was his freshman season, where he had 726 yards, he had eight touchdowns, 49 receptions off of, off of 77 targets, played all 14 games. And that's kind of like when he really like put his name on the map, he registered an early breakout at 26.7 break or uh, dominator rating. When you think of Pickens, what is like one of the first things that comes to your mind about just old Pickens overall? Jump balls, that man all day long. He, he can right over the top of defenders, box him out, jump out, jump out of the stadium to catch that ball. I loved watching that. Like that was a ton of fun. Um, especially if you're, as a, if you're a college fan watching a wide receiver making those types of plays that, but that definitely stood like out to me majorly the, how he could come over the top of defenders if the ball was underthrown and make the play. I, yeah, I mean, he's such a good aerial. He's so good in the, in the air. Same with Garrett Wilson too, right? Like they're just, they are so well. I mean, 
Pickens also kind of has what we're talking about Traylon Burks, able to read the defense, sit down in his homes, do things like that, right? He's just an all-around. Uh, I think, I mean, I'm not, would you agree with the statement that he may be one of like, the overall most talented wide receivers in this draft? Do you think he like is able to kind of carry that torch with a couple other guys? I think he's up there. I don't think he's the most talented um, because we've watched in the past when guys are good jump ball players and they look like they have uh, game. But they, once it gets to the NFL, they can't separate like that. Like if you, if you can't separate consistently and you're having to make the plays. Now, I admit a lot of those balls were under thrown. Quarterback play wasn't what you would want, you know, on throwing it in stride. I get that. But I don't I think he's up there, but I don't think he is like the torch carrier. <laughs> it's, uh, he's really good. He really is. Yeah. And like that's sort of why he's in the mid tier, right? Because we just we yeah. don't know it's hard to get a full summary of his abilities and what he's able to give to us because we just, unfortunately, similar to Jalen Waddle last year, we don't have a tremendous amount of games played. He only played 26 games in his collegiate career. So like, what are you going to do with that? There's not a whole fucking lot to do with that, unfortunately. And, and it makes you nervous. So, you know, anyone that tears their ACL, it, it, it makes you nervous again. Yeah. Yeah. It, absolutely. I think, I think it's important, you know, um, ACL is at least the, medicals came better than it has in the fourth, right? Like you can right. guarantee that it's, you're not going to be hindered and you may have some lingering hamstring issues, but he's pretty much past that now because I mean, he fucking blazed at the, at the pro at the, uh, at the combine. So like, I would say he's about as healed as he's going to get. And from like the medical standpoint, now it's just, if he's going to be able to overcome that mental and really like get into those cuts and trust that need to hold up as it needs to be and where he needs to get it. When I've, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. When it comes to Pickens, what do you feel? What do you feel like is his best ability that that translates to the NFL? And like, does he have any traits kind of like Burks that that he kind of owns as the best in the class? I, I think he's the best tracker of the ball. Watching him, uh, having to make the plays that he did, he has to follow that ball. He has to find. He would find it. And he would get in his hands consistently, always trying to get to where the ball was. And um, I, that's such an attribute that it's such a positive when I watch guys do something like that because they're going to fight for the ball. They're going to go all the way to get it. It's, it's not half doing. It's not Randy Moss running half route, then trying to take off later. Not comparing to Randy Moss, but you know what I mean. I do. Um, yeah, he's he, it's you want that aggression to get it. You want the give you everything you got to get the ball. And I feel like he's got the vision for it. I yeah, I mean it's I'm glad I'm I feel that he is this really weird ambiguous wide receiver prospect. I think he's the one prospect where we just we don't know how good he is and it kind of makes me worried of like a Brian Edwards type situation, right? Like Brian Edwards did pretty good at South Carolina. Brian Edwards broke his foot and didn't, wasn't able to like fully perform the combine, not saying, or obviously George Pickens was able to perform, but because he lost so much of his season to injury, it's really difficult to kind of get a full summary of what he's able to deliver, which is kind of like where the metrics come in to help, right? Like Right. His, his 2020 season, he had a 26.1% or he had a 26.1 dominator rating, which is wonderful. That's kind of, that's exactly 
what you want to see in terms of like first year to second year, didn't really drop off. He had 21.74% of the air yards market share. His receiving yards per team pass attempts kind of left you, left you lacking. He had a freshman year's 1.75, his sophomore year's 1.68. And I mean, his 2021 year is going to be awful. I know what either way you cut it just because he didn't play any games. You know, he, he was, he had, he has a good eight out of 15.4 overall. He has played predominantly outside, which is also wonderful and kind of what you want to see. Didn't get a whole lot of slot snaps. He is relatively bursty. He's, you know, he, he didn't do, he didn't, t- he didn't pull a trail on Burks when it comes to like the pro day, right? Like he was able to come and perform and like really stand up. He had a 71st percentile speed score. He had a 36th percentile burst score, which is, but he didn't run an agility's drill yet. I'm sure he will at the, at the combine, but I mean, they also were running at like 11 o'clock at night. So I don't really blame him for not running agility drills. You know, I go, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to knock it for it. No, I, anything they don't do now. Like, I'm just like, I don't blame you. Yeah. I, like, <laughs> congratulations for our pickings. Like you managed to not, run at 11 o'clock in bed where everyone's sleeping and you're unfortunately having to perform for basically your career. It's a bunch of and you didn't get hurt. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, and I, you're safe. Yeah. Are there oh. any, any concerning elements or pickings that kind of like draw a red flag for you? Um, so I feel like he, he, I'm afraid he's going to become Stephen Hill. I don't know if you remember Stephen Hill from the Jets drafted 2012. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he was Stephen Hill could leap over anybody. He tracked the ball really well. He did all these things. He did come from a smaller school and I'm afraid he's going to become Stephen Hill. I don't know if he's going to be able to translate the way like a, a Burks I feel can. And I think it's going to take him time. Can he separate the way he needs to separate, especially since he, he does play the outside so consistently and not so much in the, in the slot. That's where I see I could, it could be a problem. And it, it makes me nervous because of that. And he, I'm not turned off by him, but at the same time, I'm not going to be as quick to just draft him on draft day. Yeah. I mean, where do you currently have him positionally ranked for you? For myself, and this is bad because I have to actually look if that sounds terrible. I have him at ninth. So okay. I still have him in my top 10. Okay. Um, I have him before like uh, Alave, which I know people love. And I, I heard your recent uh, thoughts on him, I, which that episode was amazing, by the way. I really loved it. Thank you. Dallas is so, a killer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah. I think nine's fine though. Right. I, I, I want to say, I'm going to go double check where I have Pickens. I want to say he's wide receiver six or seven for me, just because I think he's that size and the overall potential ceiling is so high that I'm, I want, I'm, I'm okay getting hurt again. The issue is for me is that where you have to draft him at, there's just not a lot of a strong incentive to do so. You know, it's right. kind of, He's kind of being drafted in that same range of Rashad White and Jerome Ford and Brian Robinson Jr. And it's just, you know, I don't, I don't really want to do. I've got him wide receiver six. So like, I think for me, my goal in this draft is to draft. If there's no Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker, or I mean Spiller probably, go and grab a tier one wide receiver, one of the three or four guys that are there, 
and then just slam running back the remainder of the draft. Because I think yeah. I mean, the Pickens has got alpha upside. Sky Moore is going to be just a fucking killer slot guy. Khalil Shakir has got upside. Just Christian Watson's got upside. There's guys that have upside, but like this is such a strong running back class that is going to give you like really solid depth in the NFL field and going to give you a nice floor in your fantasy that it's just when we're talking about likelihood of hitting, it's almost better just to kind of hit that scarcity, right? Because if they hit, then you can value flip really quickly. But what the player that has just slowly been sinking, it's a quicksand of ranking, like a quicksand ranking for, is David Bell. Like I was really high on him. I think I had him wide receiver three. I was pumped. I was excited. I was like, David Bell, I'll produce Rondell Moore at Purdue. He was an early producer. He was just basically riding or dying everywhere. And he was just doing the damn thing. And he was letting her, he was fucking awesome. It's really, 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 really impressive. Incredible. He had a thousand yards his freshman season and he just was running the table. And then the senior bowl came out around the senior bowl. You know, it was like, well, you know, David Bell is kind of being viewed as Tyler Johnson a couple of years ago. The NFL is not as high as the fantasy community. And we're probably going to see him kind of fall in the draft. It's like, well, it's too early for smoke because no one cares enough right now. So that's not good. So I dropped him like six. And then he comes to pro day and he, or he comes to the combine and he comes in at six feet two twelve. I'm like, Oh, that's gorgeous. That's perfect. Fucking size. Like let's ride a bell. Please don't fall flat on your ass in an athletic measurable drills. And then he runs a four, six, five, four. He's like, okay. Okay. Like not ideal, but not a death now. Like we, we have seen running or wide receivers that have been successful with this, with this, uh, this 40 time. Like it's not a big deal. And then he, he does a 33 inch bird. Like, okay. Not ideal, but I mean, hey, he still has a broad jump and it's a 118 inch broad jump. You're like, fuck. All right. So he's not bursty. Fine. He's, he didn't have burst. It's okay. It's not a big deal. <laughs> I, at least he have, he's going to be agile. And it's a four, five, seven shuttle. I'm like, well, God fucking damn it, David. What are you doing, die? You've had whole fucking months to do this and you're just falling flat on your ass. I can't handle you right now. And then he does and he pulls a 7.714 three cone. And you're like, God damn it. He is sub 30. His highest percentile is his speed score, which is 38. He's a 20th percentile bird score and 8th percentile agility score. And while I said I don't give a shit about measurables and I don't fucking care because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter <laughs> what they're able to do. It does matter because that leads to draft capital. So, yeah, it's not great that we heard before the, the senior bowl that David Bell is likely to be unfavored in the NFL circles compared to us. And then conversely, he comes to the combine and he does literally nothing to set himself apart. In fact, he set himself back further. And you're like, well, fuck me sideways and three times on Sunday. This is ridiculous, David. God damn it. My point is, does David Bell have a chance to be successful somehow, some way? Is there light at, in this tunnel for David Bell or is it just a dirty black hole in the galaxy? It matters what you're talking about, though. Are we talking about NFL or are we talking about fantasy? More than likely, you're talking about fantasy. This is true. I, I don't think so. I don't think in the fantasy world he does. I love what he does. I mean, I, looked, I was watching him. His route running is unbelievable. He is great at what he does in the short, and I feel like he could really help an NFL team. 
in our fantasy world where it's about numbers, where it's about can he's going to get catches. I feel like he can get catches. I just don't think he's going to be seeing a lot of the end zone. I don't think he's going to be seeing a lot of deep yards. I don't, I think he is a black hole of a pick. It really does feel that way. And I, I hate to say it because I love him as a NFL player. I love the player, you know, kind of look like Jarvis Landry from back in the day. And, you know, kind of comps that to me, especially with going to the combine and crashing and burning. So he's basically Tyler Johnson. Yes. I, th- that, I that's, think that's what we're hearing here. He's, he's basically yeah. Tyler Johnson. Yeah. He's a guy that I want to like. I really do. And I live in Tampa. I'm not, a, I'm not a Bucks fan, but I, I live in Tampa. Tyler Johnson is fun to watch when he's on the field but he's not a fantasy asset. <sighs> yeah. I mean, it's, it, sucks, it might, man. It you sucks. feel the same way. It's I, you know, I really, I do, I do. And I don't, and I do, which blows because like when we're looking at his metric profile, it's so sexy, man. Like he literally had a 26, a breakout rate of 26.1 his freshman season. He had a 38 dominator rating in his junior season. You know, he broke out all three years. He continuously got better. He had a thousand receiving yards if you paced it out all three years. And he played 12 games at Purdue, he had 1,200 yards. You know, he, he, he did everything you want a receiver to do from a production standpoint. And for me, that matters. Like he marks so many product, productive measures. Like his first season, he had a 2.11 yards per route one, and he finished with a 2.7. His uh, receiving yards per pass attempts was two. Was two was 1.992 and then 2.39 and 3.67. Like he's continually fucking getting better every single year. And he's doing so in the metrics that mean a lot to me. Unfortunately, like production's important and means a lot. The combine can literally go kiss a groat scrotum, scrotum. But like what really reigns supreme is draft capital. And if David Bell can't secure day three draft capital, then that shows me that the NFL doesn't think that he has what it takes to be a player of consequence in the NFL. And so I can't value him that way. And I really want to, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be really hard for me to go and select Brian Robinson jr. Or Jerome Ford or Rashad White or Tyler Algier, Tyler Batty, Tyler Goodson, whatever Tyler else there is named wider or running back Pierre strong, all those guys. And just let David Bell walk past me every single time because. Fuck. I just give him day three draft capital and I'm going to put him up relatively high, like wide receiver seven, which I mean, not, but like I'll draft him with day three draft capital, even like Amon Ross St. Brown draft capital. I'll draft him. Right. I just am terrified. It's going to be Tyler Johnson. But, and, and this is the thing, and this is where we get lost in fantasy. Sometimes get your guy. You'll want him, get him. I, you know, uh, sometimes you just have to make a move. And if you want the guy, he's there in your third round, and you believe in him, take him. And, you know, there's going to always be names. There's always going to be guys that come out of nowhere. But that is the best thing you can always do. Get your guys, because if he does fall on his face, you could say, you know what, but at least I tried. And if he does if he does fall on his face, you could be like, well, at least I didn't listen to some idiot. I just listened to myself. Or if you think you're an idiot, that might be a problem. I am a self-renowned idiot, but, like, in all the fun, <laughs> wonderful ways. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> totally with you. Even my kid looks Sometimes like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you, you need to do what's best. And 
you need to listen to yourself because ultimately you're going to be able to handle the shitty decisions that you make better than tell, someone else telling you the shitty decisions that they make. Like and you're going to make them. And you are. <laughs> I mean, like, let's be honest. Anyone that says they have a 50% hit rate is just a dirty fucking liar. Like we're really, we're parsing, we're, we're parsing straws between like 25% and 40%. Like that's the range we're talking about. 40% is honestly probably too high. Like if you hit on a 30 year draft picks, if you draft three years and you hit on your first round, one out of those three years, you're fucking set. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like you look at it like an NFL draft, same thing. If they hit on three guys, you know, over a few years, you're stoked. You are very happy. And that's, that's how I feel about it. Like putting yourself into all your picks may not always be the best thing, but you, you gotta do, if you hit most of them, that's great. You're going to have a team long-term that's going to build into something strong, you know? So no, I I agree. But I mean, at the end of the day, David Bell is issues me draft capital, and that's going to be the biggest issue for us. You know, um, it's tough. Uh, overall, though, I, Michael, I appreciate you being here. This is a, always a lot of fun. I love talking to these wide receivers and chopping it up. Uh, I wanted to get to a question of the show. Got a couple on the Twitter sphere. I am mostly curious. I don't even know. Kevin, how the fuck do you say this name? Like, I don't even know. So I asked on Twitter this morning because I realized I, no one gave me questions. Which, guys, if you listen, just ask me things so I can talk about it on here because it's fun to talk about it and pick my guest brain. So do better or like just do something. I don't, like it's the, it's the gift of like the, the stick figure poking something, like the rock and say do something. That's what I'm asking you guys. Do something. Please do something. Uh, be Kevin better, said, be- yeah, be better. Kevin said, why are people too low on Benjamin Urosik? And I said, because I had to look up who the fuck Benjamin Urosik is. So Benjamin Urosik is a 6'5 tight end, 231 pounds out of Stanford. You have a face of excitement, Michael. Do you know who Benjamin Urosik is? So let me tell you why I'm excited. Because the fear that just ran through me that I was going to have to answer a question about a guy I had no idea about. And then you saying you never heard of him got me so stoked just now. I was super excited to hear you say that. Like. <laughs> I was about to just walk off. Just take the headphones <laughs> off and walk away. There's, it was going to look terrible. Let me let me finish. Let me answer this question for us, okay? All right. Kevin, you know I like you. You know I appreciate you. It's all love, baby. But if the Debbie Dashboard Metric Database doesn't have his name in there and the Player Profiler <laughs> Database doesn't have his name on there, I don't have to fucking tell you, guy. You're too deep. Come back. You are too deep. You are now in that zone where, like, when you go on a swimming on a ra- on a uh, stormy day in the ocean, there's that yellow housing sign like "Waters are choppy when rough, you could drown." Like you're there, Kevin. Come back. Let me put my Baywatch swimming suit on, get my fluffy jiggly, and come save you. Come back to us. You're too deep. You are too deep. Just come swimming back. Come talk in the Jeremy Rucker and the Greg Dolchitz zone. Come the Papa. Come back to me. All right. Come back to us, Kevin. You're too deep, my guy. That sounds what? like one of those things that you're like, oh, you're yeah, sorry. Um, sounds like one of those things you just get like, oh, he's still there in like the 12th round of my rookie draft. How is he still there? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm gonna make a wager that he's gonna be available free agent as a free agent after every rookie draft, except for <laughs> yours, Kevin. And that's okay. Michael, before you pop off, is there anything you'd like to say? Anything you want? Any shout outs? Any, any good things like that? Um, you can always message me at, uh, at your FF trade on Twitter. 
I'm always glad to help out with trades, uh, things like that. And I don't mind doing it right now. I'm definitely going to do it for free. No issues. I always want to help everybody out. But soon I will be trying to move on to uh, Fiverr and it will start to cost after that. But I definitely want to show you guys how I can help you. And I want to make you win your championships through trades or even drafts, things like that. So I'm always out here to help you guys. And I appreciate it. And I, and I appreciate you for bringing me on. Like this show is amazing. You, you do a great job and I really appreciate you. I, I appreciate you saying that and I'm happy you asked to come on. I always love this shit. It's always, it's always like, Hey man, can I come in your pod? It's like, fuck yeah, I don't care. Like yeah. this podcast was because I had fun and like, I want people to have fun. And so if I can have fun and you can have fun, that's, that's right. Ladies and gentlemen, before I go and do my usual walk off talk, it is important that I remind you there is a Debbie summit meeting, May 22nd. If you say, what the hell's Debbie Brit? Why do I care? If you're listening to the show and you're asking about rookies, then the reason you care is, is because you want to do better on your dynasty drafts, your rookie drafts. And you want to know how you get better. You get better by paying attention to these guys for their entire career in college. And that's what Debbie essentially is. Debbie is you are pre-selecting guys in college and they are slowly coming on their way to your fantasy football team. You are not drafting random numbers. You're drafting guys with actual skill sets. It is going to be a summit hosted by the Debbie dashboard, Brandon Lejeune, myself, and a bunch of other people, all part of us, Corey, Dez, Daniel, Rich, Joel, uh, who else am I forgetting? Sam and Brandon. You're going to have the campus to Canton boys on there. You're going to have the rookie big board guys on there. It is going to be stacked and wonderful. It's going to be six hours of nonstop information and just all of the lowdown on Debbie you could possibly ask for. And it's going to be a charity event and all the proceeds that we raise there are going to go directly to Ukrainian refugees to help out, help restore what they are currently going through and losing every single day in this horrific war that's going on up there. But please black out your dates. Please make that happen. I appreciate you guys being here with me. It means a lot that you spend your time with me. It means a lot that you take your time and you listen to this podcast because it shows me that I am on the right track and it shows me that you care and it's nice to know that people care make sure you let your loved ones know and they're being thought about it's important to check in on them your time is valuable thank you for spending with me i have nothing left to say other than that's peace who the fuck is benjamin Eurosick? I have no clue, bro. I was so scared when you said that. Oh, let's see if Sports Reference has. I'm curious. Come back, baby. Benjamin, you're sick. If he's good, I'm going to drag myself. He played one fucking year. Kevin, what are you doing? You know. Oh, I know what's going on. (laughs) What? Okay. Well, no, he's a junior. What the shit? Kevin, he played one year. Michael, even... I'm not, I, I know your name's not Kevin. I'm talking to Kevin. Yeah, know, but Michael, he has 42 receptions for 653 yards in 2021. I mean, that's good. That's, that's, that's nice. good. That's nice. I, I like that. And oh, it's, he plays for Stanford. He's a redshirt sophomore. Is he even declaring for the draft? That sounds way too early. I don't think he declared for the draft. Kevin, why are you making me sweat, man? The hell? <laughs> Kevin's out here asking, why am I? Oh, you motherfucker. God damn it. Hold on. Is 
Benj, I gotta spell this fucking last name again. Euro sick, married. No, not married or alive. Dear God. Declared <laughs> for the draft. There's literally says Benjamin Rosick dead or alive. Like, well, I fucking hope so. No, he's not even okay. Hey, buddy. You are the best devil in the world. 